Welcome back to another episode of the SMC Podcast. Today we have Megan Weber on the line. Hey, Megan, how you doing? Good. Good, good. Now, Megan uh, is married to Dustin Weber, and Dustin has kind of headed up uh, Mission Igniter, which is uh, part of the SMC's um, process of planning what we said, I think it was two years ago, that we wanted to plant 10 churches in 36 months. And you've seen a lot of churches getting planted all over the place, uh, and that's all kind of a part of the SMC's vision, that 1036 vision, as well as the Mission Igniter program working together. Uh, So the Webers have been in ministry for quite some time, and uh, they're getting ready to launch some more ministries down the road. Uh, But right now, we, we wanted to get Megan on the line to kind of talk about a a previous uh, event that was just held last week. I actually got a chance to check it out myself out in uh, Melvindale, just outside of Dearborn, where they were hosting a soccer camp of sorts through the Dearborn Free Methodist Church. Uh, Megan, you want to tell us a little bit about that uh, project? Sure, yeah. So uh, we held the Winter World Cup, and the purpose of this uh, camp was to facilitate space where paradigm shifting experiences could happen, uh, where stereotypes could be defied, um, and relational practices of like empathy and um, listening could kind of be learned. So um, we had we would call it a, a huge success. Um, we had 70 kids, we had about 30 volunteers, we had eight nations represented, uh, we had 11 partnerships with the community or churches, and um, the resounding feedback from all the surveys were that the kids would 100% come back and that their favorite part was meeting new people and new people that didn't speak their native language. And um, so that was just really exciting um, to be a part of and to help facilitate. Um, And uh, just a quick story too into it. Um, My friend called me at 7.30, uh, my Syrian, Muslim friend called me at 7.30 that morning asking, you know, what time is the bus going to be here? And I said, well, like I said, um, 8 or 8.30, between 8 and 8.30. And she said, well, my kids are already ready, standing at the window, waiting for the bus to come. And so just to see the the joy that motivated them um, to want to get out of bed early and just be excited to be a part of this was really, um, really meaningful. And um, another aspect was, um, if you think about it, I mean, the majority of these kids are from Muslim backgrounds. And if you think about it, um, these families, like, sent their kids to our camp, our soccer day, knowing that we're followers of Jesus, like, we're, we're Christian, and, and they trusted us with their kids. And it is just such a, a sacred and humbling honor. Yeah, you know, that struck me when I got there to, to make a video. And, and if any of you listening want to kind of see this thing in action, we posted a video right after the event. You can go check it out on our Facebook page or the link is in our Conference Chronicles. Um, 
But, uh, yeah, you know, I showed up, and that was one of the things that just went straight through my mind. I was like, it's amazing in a world that's always kind of fighting about race and religion. Here we have in the same room, like, people of different uh, backgrounds just completely trusting each other <laughs> with with their children. And it was just really cool to kind of watch that happen. Yeah, and I think something, I mean, we've done a, this is probably our fourth event now. And so, you know, there is relational trust built with these families. Um, but still, it's just really cool. I think that's fruit of of loving like Jesus, you know, they just, they feel loved. And if their kids are loved, then they want that for their kids. Yeah. And I've seen this in the past with you guys before, because I got a chance to come out and visit uh, at your house once when you guys brought in uh, just some uh, uh, refugee families to kind of eat together and play together. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, I didn't know the language very well, but it was just fun to watch everybody cracking up back and forth with each other and, getting the bits and pieces that were deciphered here and there. Um, yeah. And that's not the uh, only kind of like, a, I mean, you know, reaching out by opening up your home, but you guys have done like ESL camps and things like that too, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so um, with all this going on right now, uh, we recently published the news that uh, you're getting ready to kind of work on a, another project with some others in the conference to to be able to reach out a, a bit more into uh, uh, the refugee territory. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Um, yeah, sure. Well, in order to tell you about what's happening, what's about to happen, I just want to give just like a little a brief history of like how it came to be or how it started. So like, I mean, the simple answer is like it started in following Jesus. So um, my husband and I did, you know, at one point follow Jesus to the Middle East. And before going, I didn't know any Muslims. And I really did think that they all wanted to kill me. Like they were all terrorists. <laughs> um, but then I got to know like my neighbors and they became not only my neighbors, but like my friends and my family, literally my family, um, when our families were overseas, like far away. Um, and I just had that paradigm shifting experience happen and um, realizing that following Jesus back to the States and and to Dearborn, I kind of felt called to steward that that experience because not everybody gets to live in the Middle East and not everybody gets to have neighbors that are different than them. Um, And so I really felt like I was to continue to cast vision of like how God's heart is for everybody and God's love is for everybody. And it just seems like um, refugees, it, it's a hot topic politically, but it does feel like sometimes it's like the one last population it's okay to hate, even in the church. Um, and so I've really felt like God's been calling me to just be a voice, um, kind of casting vision for His heart for um, this overlooked, often marginalized, um, vulnerable population, and to really help the church um, be the church that we're created to be and let um, our refugee neighbors and friends help us become the church that God created us to be. And so really creating those spaces where conversations can be had and stories shared and um, where people can get to know other people um, that are different than them, um, that it just kind of defies stereotypes and, and casts out fear. Because um, when we 
when we're afraid of the other, it's easy to hate them. But when we move in close, I think Brené Brown maybe said that when you move in close, it's hard to hate. And so just like facilitating that space. And so, um, yeah, it started with with one family. Um, I followed Jesus into volunteering with Catholic Charities and followed him into homes and alongside refugees journeying through tremendous brokenness and loss. And, you know, one family turned into many. And so then Jesus invited me to invite others to come with me. And so he's been forming um, a ministry um, and mobilizing others um, to love and neighbor in holistic ways. And so um, there's a couple that have joined from Wisconsin, um, Adam and Emily Holverson, and um, we are a part of Jaron Collective. So Jaron means neighbors in Arabic and it takes two to neighbor. And um, so we are Jaron Collective and we're seeking to make Jesus's love tangible by showing courageous compassion to um, Arab refugees and facilitating transformational community. That's great. I think a lot of us, if we're honest with ourselves, we've had those thoughts where we, um, you know, we might go into a territory that we're not used to and we have a stereotype in mind. And then right. once we start breaking down those walls, we start seeing people for who they are. Right. Uh, and I know, uh, one of our, one of the pastors who was in our conference, Jamie Rye, he, he was telling me like, yep. uh, all of the, uh, Muslim community that he's reached out. Like one of the things that's always brought them together is, is just having meals and and yeah. dinner and that always seems to kind of neutralize yeah. the territory put everybody on the same ground uh which was a yeah. cool thing because that's what i saw you guys do as well yeah actually actually so going back to kind of how it started it started too when i was a part of something that jamie um ryan and shane lakatas were doing and i went back home and um because i don't live in toledo i went back to dearborn and i just cried out to the lord like i want to do something like what do they're doing <laughs> So really, it's kind of multiplied, like from, you know, a vision that they kind of had. It's a, it's a little different, but it's it's very similar. So that's pretty cool. Yeah. So for you, it just kind of started. Did you go to like one of his meals or something, or you guys kind of traveled around with him? Yeah, actually, it was at an annual conference that they did. Like a, um, I don't know, they shared during it, and we had just come back from the Middle East, and um, God, I still just had it on my heart, um, and. Yeah, so it's kind of burst in prayer and tears, actually. <laughs> cool. Yeah. Uh, are you able to kind of like uh, tell us a little bit? I mean, you've already talked about the vision, the purpose, everything you're doing. If this were to play out in the way that you're currently thinking, would you be able to describe any of that, like what it would look like down the road? Um, yeah, sure. So I think, yeah. I mean, ultimately, that racism and prejudice would be replaced with love and reconciliation. And also that um, the well-being of, of refugees, that they wouldn't be, you know, they first come and they're, they have so many vulnerabilities and it's so hard. And um, so just to kind of see them positioned to thrive and to um just holistically like physically emotionally spiritually um to really thrive in america and become contributors i think that's one of the most um misunderstood things about refugees is that they don't like contribute and stuff and so um just really being able to see the skills and the 
um, assets within um, this community of what do they have. And so, I mean, my dream, like, I mean, I don't know if this would actually happen, but um, my dream would be that, you know, refugees would open a restaurant and it would be thriving if they were a cook in Syria or um, that there is somebody, you know, a refugee that came that was um, ministered to or just like kind of people came alongside them that they're now coming alongside others and, and working to break down barriers. And, um, you know, it's, it's said, I think that um, I heard recently that by fourth grade, like your reading level, it's, it's significantly shaped, say it shapes, you know, whether or not you end up in, in prison, incarcerated. And so um, just tutoring. And so um, actually there's a, um, community member in Dearborn um, that ha- has like a soccer program um, that he works with low income um, people, often refugees, often um, from war torn areas that he comes alongside of them. And um, there's an element of like tutoring and that kind of thing. And so just watching him um, come from his background at first of struggle to like thriving in America and giving back. I think that that, is um is part of the picture but just like um growing emotionally and spiritually um i do we do you know as as we do what we do in serving and loving people ask us you know why 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 are you doing this and and we do have authentic answers so um our answer is because jesus first loved us and and he's calling us to love our neighbors and um, you know, it's not about debating theology and like, you know, it's more of like setting a table and having a conversation. And, and when it gets to our, you know, when it's our turn to share, like my turn, my, I'm going to speak for me, my turn to share, my answers will be, you know, centered around Jesus and his invitation, but it's all about invitation. Yeah, no, I mean, that's a beautiful picture, I think. A lot of us have grown up with kind of like the image of a, a forcible church just running out. It's all about knowledge. It's all about uh, if I can get you to believe the right things, think the right things, and I've done my job. And I think sometimes we just shortchange that whole relational aspect. You know, yeah. of This yeah. is a person in front of me, not just someone that I want to understand who Jesus is. But if I really care about them, I'll get involved in their life and I'll. Yeah. Grow them with uh, those who will care about them as well in the church and, and all that. And that's what I love about this is it's got that. I know the word organics kind of overused in the church, but it's got that kind of like this is a person in front of me. I'm going to get to know them and when the time mm-hmm. comes. They're going to yeah. see why I care about them so much. So I love that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I'm curious. Do you have uh any advice for the rest of us on uh, how we can can reach out to uh, those around of us around us who might be refugees or Muslims or anything like that? Like I know the only mosque in my city is right across the street from our church, and uh, for us, you know, for a long time, I've been like, how do I bridge that gap? And I've seen a few different opportunities come up, like. After there were some very public derogatory things said about Muslims, right. we kind of reached out with like yeah. a, a yeah. card after we lit the candle of peace for Christmas and said, we love you. We don't yeah. believe the big statements that are being said, but like, 
outside of that, like kind of getting involved and getting to know them, I know they've invited me to uh, uh, some of their like fasting events where they uh, get together and eat at the end of the week. Um, but even for me, I'm like, that's such a different culture. I don't know how to behave and act. And <laughs> and maybe it's just the same thing with, with you saying like, you know, I went there with a stereotype and I didn't know how to how to act at first and maybe it's just me kind of getting involved to learn that but i think a lot of us you know we've got we're focused on the differences instead of the similarities yeah. so do you have any advice for us as yeah. to how we reach out to those around us sure um i think the the greatest thing is your posture so um having a posture of love and having a posture of of being a learner um and so, you know, whether that's volunteering with, you know, a refugee resettlement or whether that's um, um, volunteering at like an English, you know, English as a second language program, tutoring, um, find out the need, you know, through conversation. Um, so often we can think, oh, we have the answers to their needs. <laughs> but it's really the, the, the most important thing is listening um, and and going in and and we listen when we're learners and so um just going in as learners and you know if you see somebody in a grocery store like oh you know like where are you from like i'd be i'd love to hear your story you know tell me you just i don't know um being a learner of their culture and and genuinely interested um so often i think we've tried to also like force Christianity um, onto them. And I think as much as we can just be authentic in our conversation um, regarding Jesus, like, I don't know, just like um, start with common ground and, um, you know, be authentic in your answers and stuff. Before I let you go, is there anything we haven't touched on that you want to hit on? Oh, I guess this quote. Yeah. So one of the most, um, powerful quotes I've read in a while uh, is from A.W. Tozer and he says a scared world needs a fearless church Hmm. and we yeah I just that resonates as true and so um, if we as the church can live in freedom from fear and um, minister out of that place then the scared world is is, is going to notice. Oh, I love Tozer in general, so it's a good way to end right there. That and uh, the other way to end is to let you know if you ever do have any refugee friends who want to start uh, a restaurant, uh, my city is primed for that because mm. I would be their regular customer and eat all their food. <laughs> since every time I'm in your neighborhood, ever since Dustin took me to yeah sahara i'm there like every time i'm there now so that's that's on him he's now got me hungering i gotta drive all the way to dearborn to get it (laughs) uh well megan thanks for talking with us today and kind of uh painting a picture for us of what this would look like i think there's plenty of takeaways regardless of the situation you are at in your church in the conference or if you're listening outside of our conference there's plenty here to to take away and apply to your own life and uh your own ministries and i hope uh megan's uh, fearlessness here will will teach us all a thing or two so megan thanks for uh talking with us today
SMC Podcast.